Good morning. Today I'll be reading Luke chapter 24, verse 13 and 24. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus came himself and walked along them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in worlds, and died before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They they went to the tombs early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who had said he is alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it. It was just as the woman had said. But they did not see Jesus. Thank you, Eduardo. It's great to see everybody here this morning. It's going to be an exciting time coming up. It's good to have Steve and Michael back. They have been to a, a place that helps them in learning more about leading singing. And so we're excited to have you guys back and excited for you guys to be song leaders with us and and uh, all that's going on with that. VBS is in one week. All I could get in was the bow of the boat. So you're going to have to come to VBS to see the rest of the boat. Uh, there's just not enough room in here for the whole boat or the whale, fish, whatever. <laughs> But it's going to be a great time. So I hope you're all excited about that and going to bring all the kids that you know of. And and there's a place for parents as well. So I hope you're able to come and able to listen to this story because it has a lot to say about our attitudes today. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is our attitudes today. When we talk about being open to Scripture, what does that really mean? Well, let me ask you another question first. Who is it who tells you what to do? It may be poking the person next to you and saying, well, it's kind of obvious. Actually, it might be a husband, it might be a wife, it might be a friend, it might be a boss. But the second question is more telling. Who is it that you do what they say? And that's probably nobody. It doesn't matter who tells you what to do. It's whether or not you're going to do anything that they say. Because a lot of people tell us what to do. But we're really not going to do the things that they tell us. We're very stubborn with those kinds of things. Nobody can make you do anything. In fact, if you don't think it's right, then all you have to do is complain. Put it on Facebook. You get 25 likes of your complaint. And you can say, see, I was right. Other people agree with me. It justifies us. The only people that we accept as being able to tell us what to do is Google. Think about it. That's who you look up. That's where you get the advice. That's where you get the how to do things 
And we pay much more attention to that than we ever do Scripture. Now, it didn't used to be this way. A long time ago, like when I was younger, people used to take the authority of Scripture and Scripture to have this great authority about it. And that if the Bible said it, then that was true. Everybody believed it. Everybody knew it. Everybody did it. Well, not not exactly. We weren't that good back then. But everybody knew that that's what you were supposed to do because that was an authority over any other book, over anything written, over any Internet, anywhere. It is not like that today. And so I think we have a very great difference in the way in which we need to teach in the way in which we understand. You see, the people we listen to is everyone. Whoever's on the internet. Whoever comments on my Facebook. Whoever gives me advice. Whoever says something to me. We listen to everybody. We obey nobody. Because we're going to judge for ourselves what's right. We're going to decide for ourselves who we should listen to. And we're going to pick and choose. It's not going to be anyone that we accept as the real authority. There was a method of doing evangelism some time ago that uh, we were taught. And it was called Circles of Truth. You may be familiar with it. It was one of those that was very well done. It was a short method on how to teach people how to be saved. And uh, it worked back then. And what it did, the very basic premise to the whole thing was, God has all authority. And that was it. I mean, that's the first card. God has all authority. And then you realize that God has spoken, and God has placed his all authority in the Word of God, and that this Word of God that has all authority was then given to his disciples and then the disciples have written it down and it was given to us and if you could get that far in the study then the all authoritative word of God that was written down and given to the disciples is laying here on the table and you have to do what it says and you knew then that people were going to absolutely do what it said because after all it has authority. And I don't think people see that today anymore. We don't recognize Scripture as being that. And we may take it as a good place, a good reference. And it, it will be one of the things on the table. But I don't know that we see it as the thing more important than anything else. Things were authorized. And if it was authorized, then it was absolutely, it's true, you have to do that. Nothing's authorized anymore. And I think there's been a huge culture shift in our world where some of those things are just not the way it is anymore. Because now it has to make sense. Back then, it didn't even matter if it made sense. If the Bible said it, then we did that. And it doesn't matter the reason why, because it was said with authority, 
And so therefore we had to do it. But now it at least has to make sense to us. It at least has to be logical, at least have has to have benefits or it has to be avoiding some kind of consequence. And so if it doesn't do that, there's a major change in how we see Scripture and how we present Scripture and maybe in how people understand Scripture. But I don't think it's as big a difference from the Bible and the way the Bible presents it as it was from the way we did it back then. And so there's a story that we're looking at today, which is the two on the road to Emmaus. It's the story after Jesus has been crucified and he is raised that very day. And toward evening, you've got two men who are on their way to Emmaus and they go along the way and Jesus joins them there on the road to Emmaus. It's a seven-mile hike, a little bit of a distance. They didn't think that much about it. It's the same day as when Jesus was resurrected. And so they are on their way to Emmaus. And Jesus says, what are you guys talking about? And their conversation is, well, are you the only one who doesn't know? And he's like, well, the only one who doesn't know what? It says their eyes were prevented from recognizing him, which gives me the idea that they could have. That they are that close to Jesus, that they are part with those other disciples who have been around Jesus. They're part of the disciple group. They know what happened as the women went to the tomb. They know what the conversation was. In verse 22, it is some women from our company. So it is our company, which is the group of apostles, disciples that is there. So it seems as if they are part of that whole group that was there. And they know about the angels. They know about what the angels said. They know the conversation. And so they have been there and they understand all the scripture. They have been around Jesus. They see Jesus. They, they would recognize him if they weren't prevented from doing that. But he comes up and he says, what things? And with that, they begin to give him the rundown of here are the things that we thought we knew about Jesus. And it's a very interesting list that he was a prophet and he was mighty in word and deed that the chief priests would deliver him up, that he would be condemned to death, that he would be crucified. And we had hoped that he was going to redeem Israel. This is the third day since his crucifixion and his burial and women went to the tomb and the tomb was empty. And they saw angels and the angels said, he's alive and he's not here. And then some of us went to the tomb and we didn't find him. They know a tremendous amount. They know that because of all the things Jesus taught them. Here's what's going to happen to me. It will be three days. And I don't know if they're putting all of this together or not, but so much of what they've got is exactly what Jesus said was going to happen. Here's exactly how it's going to be. So much of this has been fulfillment in Scripture. It's going to be three days. He is going to be delivered up. He's going to be crucified. And, and, and all of this fits in there together as we look at this. And they knew this. 
They knew Scripture as much as anybody. They knew Jesus as much as anybody. And they cannot make the connection. And so sometimes I think we get where, you know, we're trying to understand, but God, please help because I'm not really getting it. I'm not really understanding this. And they had been looking for the Messiah and they had hoped that it was Him and they... They just don't know how to put things together. And so many times we've got so much of a collection of of different verses. And you can even see if you want to have this emotion, if you're fearful, read this verse. If you're angry, read this verse. If you're, And so much of what we know is compartmentalized like that. To where it's, it's not one big story. It's a whole bunch of little chunks of stuff that get so confused that we don't really know how to put them together. And then Jesus responds to them, and he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What a neat time. He listens to the whole explanation as they're telling him this. And he's waiting for the light to come on. And and you get there and they don't get it. It's like, oh, so close. And then he asks them this question, wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer and, and enter into glory? Well, that's an understanding question. That's not a fact question. Is Wasn't this necessary for you to be able to have this salvation? Wasn't this important in what Jesus was trying to accomplish and what Jesus was trying to do? And so in asking this question is, don't you understand he's Messiah? Don't you understand that he has to enter into glory, that he is the sacrifice who died on a cross for our sins so that he would rise from the dead and enter into glory on the third day. And they still are like, okay. I feel like that sometimes when I'm reading Scripture. But Jesus uses Scripture to tell about Himself. I think that's huge. He uses Scripture to say, here's my story, here's who I am. You can go back to Moses, you can go back to prophets, you can look at Psalms. Here is my story. It's a first-person story that he's telling them, and he could just tell it. But he uses Scripture to explain his own story. Why would he use Scripture to explain his own story? Why wouldn't he just say, it's me, Jesus, and here's what I did? But he never does that. He uses Scripture to explain His story. Which just makes me ask the question, can we use Scripture to explain our story? Doesn't Scripture apply to us? Doesn't it fit with us? Doesn't it speak to us and what we have done the same way it spoke about Jesus and what he was doing. And sure, he's using Old Testament and prophecy from long ago and saying, and this is what was fulfilled in my life on this day. 
And you can even remember some of the times when he was there with his hometown in Luke 4 and they hand him the scroll and he opens the scroll and he reads Isaiah and he talks about the spirit and about and then he gets there and he says, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This scripture is sitting in front of you today. It's alive. And that was his way of presenting Scripture. It's, it's so alive, so real, so much there. It wasn't a matter of, well, God has authority and you have to do what he says. This was about, I am this. Do you see me? Do you understand what we're talking about? And, and the temptations, he uses Scripture, why he can't do something. He uses Scripture to explain who he is and what he's doing. Couldn't we do that? Why my job is what it is, why my attitude is what it is, where I work, where I play, where I do all these things, where I see grace in my life, where I see the need for mercy in my life, what love looks like, what kindness looks like, what gentleness looks like, because God is love, because God is kind, because God is gentle, because Scripture teaches me that that's the way I'm supposed to be and that's the reason I am for no other reason than that because I am open to Scripture. And my life is revealed by Scripture. Now, I don't think I've gotten there yet. But I'm just saying, couldn't we do that? If we knew enough passages that, that fit together in the right way, can't we do that? So think about it. They still don't know yet in Luke 24. Follow along with me in verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he was going further. But he urged them strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while we talked on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose the same hour and they returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those who were with them. And they gathered together saying, Lord, the Lord has risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon and they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. It's one of those amazing times where you don't get it and then all of a sudden you do. Have you ever had those light bulb moments? And we know it's a light bulb because of the cartoons. That's the only reason why we would call it that way. But, you know, the little light bulb comes on up there and sometimes you just get it. And it's like, wow, OK, I understand what he's trying to tell me now. So the, he goes in to eat dinner with him. I don't know where else he was going, but he goes in and he there's something about the prayer and the breaking of the bread, which, you know, kind of indicates they had been there before in times where he broke bread and said that prayer for the meal. And they go, oh. This is the same prayer. It's the same guy. And all of a sudden he's gone. And they first comment after that is, he opened the scripture to us. 
He allowed us to understand who He was through Scripture. And so they run back to the eleven and they're all excited too because Peter saw him and, and well, we saw him too. And so they begin to explain that. And as they're talking with each other and so excited about this, Jesus appears in the middle of them and says, Peace be still. Peace be to you. Touch me. I'm not a ghost. Touch me and, and see that I, I'm real. Nail prints, spear print. Do you need to touch to see it? Can you believe that I'm real? Ghosts don't eat, right? So he eats a piece of fish just so that he can convince them and say, no, I'm a real person, but I'm risen from the dead. I am alive again. I am not dead anymore. And then he says, He opened to us the Scripture and then He says this. These are My words that I spoke to you while I was was still with you. That everything written about Me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And He said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. But you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of My Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from from on high. And He says, Don't you understand what was written about Me in Scriptures being fulfilled? And he, this is the second time, opened their minds to understand the Scripture. But the two on the road, did they say, oh, we already got it, we're already open? I don't think so. I think maybe there's more things to that. And he opened their mind and says, okay, do you get this now? It's a bigger light bulb. Does that help? There's something else that happened where they can see further, where they can know more, where this experience about what Scripture really means. They had all the information before this. So it isn't a matter of more information. It's a matter of really trying to put it together and understand it. They know details from the prophets. But there's always more to learn when you see it live. And you see somebody doing it. Well, especially if he'll vanish and tell you, I I did this. They're looking for the Messiah and they didn't understand the Scripture. Even if they read them. Because their mind wasn't open to what it meant right now. And so we do this every week. He opened their mind to understand the Scripture. And there are times when we teach because we're trying to open something so that you can understand the Scripture. Not so that people get to stand up here, but so that you can understand the Scripture. And so there's classes and there's preaching in order to understand the Scripture. Because we want that to be real. We want that to be personal. Otherwise, we could go in and say, this is the Bible. It's the Word of God. It even claims it's authorized. And so, therefore, you have to do it. And then just read the list for the week of what all you have to do. Right? 
That's not the way Jesus did it. And he seems so much more effective than us. And what he did was to open people to understand the Scripture. Now, Scripture was all important. I am not trying to do away with that whatsoever at all. But the way you get people to it is sometimes different. And he led them there and he showed them his life and he taught them and he said, Here, let me help you understand what it is God is saying to you. Was it with authority? Absolutely. Because the people after Matthew 7, it says, well, who is this? He even teaches with authority. But you don't get the impression that he said, okay, open your Bible, do it. It was more to it than that because they saw Scripture in his life. And it is written that Christ must suffer and rise on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is proclaimed among the nations. Repentance and forgiveness of sins is... This is the Great Commission in Luke. Repentance and forgiveness of sins. Acts calls it repentance and baptism. Matthew's Great Commission is calls it repentance and baptism. I mean, it's for the remission of sins. And then he says, you're witnesses. Witnesses? Because I want you to do the same thing and open Scripture to other people. And we're going to send the Holy Spirit. It's that promise of the Father on you. And He explains Himself in light of Scripture. And He opens them to understand. I think we go at this differently. If we can ever get people to see where it is that Jesus was, then maybe it would be easier for them. Because most of the time we think, well, okay, I've got my life, and then I have to add church stuff into it somewhere. You know, because I've got all of my responsibilities I have to keep up with, my job and, and the house and the kids and all this other stuff that I have to keep up with. And, oh, yeah, I have to tack on church. Somewhere in there, it's got to, you know, fit in with all the rest of this. And, you know, we go to work and we play and we have school and we have kids. And then we, oh, yeah, it's Sunday again. Sunday we add on church. They saw church as a way to do Scripture. It wasn't something you just add on to God. We think we have a great relationship with it outside of church. Great relationship with God. But actually they saw being open to Scripture as this is the way we would do it is called church. Wouldn't that be an amazing church? If everybody there was open to Scripture and when they came on Sunday, they're singing the song because the song is based on Scripture and we're trying to get across this message to each other and to God of where we are and of how amazing this is because we are witnesses of all the things that you have done. Scripture was all important. And they learned, and they developed relationships, and they told their story. And they didn't have a book. They were the book. 
They were in the middle of living it. They were the example of the way it was done. To come close to doing that, what we would need to do today is just, okay, from the day you're baptized, we're going to write down everything you did for the next five years. Can we do that and come out with Scripture? Do you realize that's exactly what they did? We call it Acts. Because they were trying to do Scripture and then they ended up being Scripture. How incredible is that? And it, it was so amazing that people were living out what God wanted to them because they were His Word as witnesses to everything that had gone on before because they watched Jesus do it. He says, I'm fulfillment. And they said, we are too. And they lived it. And when the Word of God gets so much inside of our life, it's not a matter of pointing to a book somewhere and saying that has authority. It's a matter of looking at yourself and saying, don't you understand God is here now and He speaks and He has authority now. But I think we have such a hard time in being able to hear Him or understand. The biggest communication problem is we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. You ever had somebody do that to you? I've done that myself. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm getting my next answer ready. <laughs> That's the way good arguments are, isn't it? Because you're thinking of all your good points while they're still talking. And boy, we're ready and we didn't really hear it. We are so independent today. We don't want anyone to tell us what to do. Not God, not a boss, not anybody else. We recognize no rules, no place where anyone could ever make rules. We protest, we argue, we fight, we change policy, we would control behavior. We claim the right to do and to be anything we choose. And it is so crazy, and I may get in trouble for this one. Even the way you're born... My physical body can't tell me what gender I am. I'm going to make my own choice. Really? Are you kidding me? It's kind of obvious. No. We won't even listen to that without demanding we get to make a choice. And we reject anyone who would limit our choices. And in light of that attitude... God and His Word are not respected or obeyed unless you're going to see it live. And we're not really open to Scripture. We may see it as the Word of God and reject anything that God has to say. Sure, we'll call it the Word of God. So what? He didn't ask my opinion and if you didn't ask my opinion, then it doesn't matter. I can Google it and find the best way to live. And we explain the way Scripture with culture and history. And we lose so much of God. But there was a man who was genuine, who lived Scripture. And he's looking for people today who are able to be open to Scripture and to live it, to present it, to say it, to teach it, to do it, and to let people see it. How amazing that can be. 
He tells us to ask and it'll be given, to seek and you'll find, to knock and it'll be open. And you're able to be it. So what it means to me first is I've got to take it serious. God did speak and He didn't mean it and He did say something. It's up to me whether I'm going to listen to it or not. So first is to understand what God wants. What did He say? Read it for myself. Not what other people think about it, but read it for myself. Because after all, it would be easier, wouldn't it, if He just tell one person all the things that Scripture said. And so then all we'd have to do is go to Ashby's class. And He would tell us everything that God ever said or wanted. But for some reason, He doesn't do it that way. He gives Ashby great insight into things. But he wants you to read it for yourself. And there are some things Ashby and I can't explain. Because Scripture is open for all of us. And God meets us there. And where you are right now is where God needs to speak to you. The second thing is God is talking to me right now. And that scripture is going to mean right now what it didn't mean a few years ago. Because, face it, I'm old. And things mean different things now. So that's really what has to happen, is you have to understand that. And I need to see it because of where I am now. And it just doesn't depend on where I was before. And I've read that Bible and I've understood it. And, you know, a long time ago, back in the good old days when... But we're not back in the good old days. We're here right now, and Scripture still speaks to you right now, and people live what it says right now. It is not a self-help book. It is something that's alive and makes life so much better. So where do you find yourself in there? I don't know which chapter to tell you to start with. You know, if you... How do you find yourself in the book? Well, if you're dealing with salvation, maybe you want to look in Acts 2 and find out how to be saved from committing a terrible sin like killing a Savior. And so read that passage and look at what it says and make it yours. Whatever they did then, whatever that passage says, like repentance and baptism or remission of sins proclaimed, then do that. Are you in Acts 4? Part of a loving church that's a great group of Christians and you've got this great harmony around you. That's great. Read that part about how to be one heart and soul. Or maybe you feel like you're more in Corinth and got a lot of complaining, irritating Christians around you. So maybe you ought to read Corinthians. Read the second one especially because it gets a lot better in the second one. You've got to understand that part. Are you trying to find great faith? Are you trying to find great love? There's so much in there. But mainly, I want you to be open to Scripture so that when you read it, it's not just to check off, okay, I did my ten minutes, I can turn in my card now and I get Bible bucks, right? No, it's, this is me. How do I live this? And how do I teach somebody else what I know? That's really what it comes down to. So what do you know about Scripture? Did you read some lately? Is it speaking to you?
I'd suggest you start in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I'd suggest if you've already done that, read the rest of Matthew. Read the Gospel of John. Go on to Acts. How did those people do it? Because that's how they looked at Scripture and applied it to themselves. They looked at what Jesus taught, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and all the other things in Matthew. And then they said, we're going to do it like this. And they got church in Acts. And that's the process. If you don't look at Jesus to get to Acts, you don't get it. But that's where we are. So where are you this morning? Do you need salvation today? We are all about that. We would love to have that process take place today. When you understand the Scripture and you're responding to the Word of God and you're open to Him, we have a baptistry full of water even. We're going to throw Jonah in there, by the way. you got to come. <laughs> Just a little plug for VBS. But where are you today? We'd love to pray with you today and just be there for you.